Blog Talk Radio. ever I've done two shows in one night. Um, Got to thank uh, Larry James Marshall for coming on the air with me tonight an hour ago. He, uh, that was really good. I can't wait to listen to it, but I kind of wait till after this show. <laughs> but I'm um, very insightful, very open, answered all my questions. Uh, the show that people, you know, trying to get trying to get somewhere in this business, you know, how do you, how do you want to be taken seriously? How do you, you know, if you want to be taken seriously, what you need to do, what's more specifically, I guess, what you need to stop doing is pretty much what, a, what he just said. And he very art, articulate and, and seriously about it. So check out that show. It says, it's on here, blogtalkradio.com slash Jamie Joshua. But now switching gears, uh, Bringing uh, my cousin Sierra on the line right now. This is a whole different deal, a whole different uh, thing we're about to get into. This is a the, ser- the more serious of the two shows tonight because uh, of everything that she's had to uh, endure and go through in a past, uh, I don't know, five years ago when things were just looking really bad in life. And and this is a story about someone overcoming all those things. Like, uh, I look at everyone I know, and I'm the most proud of her as I am, than I am of anybody else because of, because of how she was able to beat all, of, all these horrible horrible things, and I don't want to even cuss, but I, I know I might um, right now. Hi. Hello. Hi. How, how are you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> pretty pretty good. <laughs> I'm happy to, uh, happy to air uh, on the air with me tonight. And I know I, I asked you I I asked you to do this show as kind of a standby in case anyone else didn't show up, but I already my guest already showed up, but I still just wanted to do the show with you because I just want to do the show with you. <laughs> so I'm doing two shows. Awesome. So where to start? Um, before we even start, <laughs> can I just go ahead and say that uh, tomorrow night is uh, Dallas on TNT, little mid-season finale, and we both watch this show, and I'm, I'm excited about it. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited as well. Like uh, the commercial shows, uh, Pamela walking in on John Ross and Emma. <laughs> and it says Christopher laying there and a gunshot goes off. So who do you predict 
let's go ahead and make predictions right now. Like, who is going to get shot? Who is she going to shoot tomorrow night? Um, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think there's a possibility that, Christopher could get shot by Elena's brother, or I don't Whoa! think Pamela. Yeah, I think that Pamela could shoot John Ross. Well, so, um, Ross I don't is, know. John Ross uh, John may, R- may deserve to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the character, but just good for TV, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then we got to wait till August when it comes back on for the rest of the episodes, which, which is good because it's not canceled, but also sucks because we got to wait. <laughs> yeah, I hate how they only do six weeks of the show like that. Yeah, but if let's say like uh. Let's say you were Pamela, and and you got a video sent to your cell phone of your man sleeping, or you know, or as we saw on the show, <laughs> with another girl. Who would be the one you shoot? Would it be your 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 man or the girl? You know, hypothetically. Um. Or both. If I were Pamela, uh, probably John Ross. But now, I don't know. There's a chance she could. I don't know. I think she could shoot Emma, too, because Emma's playing to be her friend, you know. So she's probably pretty PO'd that, you know, that she's pretending to be her friend. And then she walks in on her. Don't she walk in on her in the same lingerie that she went with her to go by? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, a lot of times when the, uh, you know, trailers for the next week's thing happens, like they kind of over, you know, dramatize it to where they make you think something like that's going to happen that might not not even happen. Like it shows her walking in the door, but she might not even walk in and catch them. Uh, I know it shows she saw the video, but you know how these things are from watching TV shows all these years. Like, like they make it seem like something like that's going to happen, but it doesn't. But. Uh, yeah, just uh, I like John Ross here. <laughs> I like I like a lot of characters on the show. I mean, I mean Pamela's already shot someone before, though. Well, she shot uh, her brother. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. She did. That wasn't her brother, though, right? That was some guy yeah. pretending to be her brother. Yeah, exactly. Tommy, who was yeah. actually her lover. <laughs> But they pretended to be. <laughs> so, yeah. so I kind of said that wrong. <laughs> but everybody backstabbed <laughs> each other. Oh. On a, and then whatever the other stuff going on, where the whole, it looks like the whole South Fork is burning down or whatever. But <laughs> I don't quite what that's about. Maybe a sewer oh, and, yeah, I you think... know, bottle up, bottle up the, you know, that hard stuff catches on fire. Because <laughs> he's now staying with, you know, Bobby and them. So, you know. All that stuff, all the hard, hard stuff she drinks is highly flammable. Catches <laughs> 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 this old place in a fire. Yeah, she does seem like she's going kind of crazy this last season. So yeah, uh, 
That'll be Dallas tomorrow night. I'm sure it'll be painful at the end because it went more. But you know, yeah, yeah, I am kind of. Di- I was going to say, I am kind of disappointed, though, about how they're cutting it off tomorrow. This season's really good. Yeah, well, they've done 16 episodes. they got to stretch it out as much as they can for a whole year. So, I mean, I kind of understand it, but yeah, kind of tough to get away from months. <laughs> Tomorrow's episode is going to be a doozy. <laughs> Getting into what we're here to talk about is um, basically your story. Um, you're right now living in um, Florida. You're not here in Ohio. Uh, something I've been very jealous of for some time. <laughs> <laughs> you see these pictures go up and like everything looks so nice down there and then we're all up here and, and it's just covered in snow and horrible and cold so, so and that's thing number one but um the more the more important thing is uh you know what was it i think 2009 am i, am I right when i say that was this when uh you were kind of going through some things yes i mean i that? guess it started before that. I mean, I guess it started, I would say, 2007, 2008, and then ended January 2011. So, yes, I have a history of drug addiction with opiates, and, you know, I mean, most Typical addicts, you know, all go through the same thing, you know, with how they cope with, you know, living the way their lifestyle is and all that. I guess you could shoot me some questions and I could kind of answer. You know, when was the, uh, what was the first major thing that happened that was a, uh, of very negative consequences for you to where, you know, a lot of people will, you know, smoke weed or, or do stuff with their friends. But uh, what was the first thing that that put you in, in, in those kind of uh, things where, wow, this is really getting bad now? Well, I mean, there's quite a few things, actually. I mean, I've overdosed twice. I mean, I did... Months in jail, I mean, I think my longest time sitting behind bars was six months. I mean, uh, I mean, I lost my child uh, through children's services for three months. That's the main thing. That's That started my sobriety time. I have three and a half years now. So, you know. That was the hardest, of course, losing my child for three months to get clean and sober and go to rehab. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that at the time. I was like, wow, she's lost her child. She's never going to come back from this. It's just she's never going to know her mom or anything. (laughs) You know, because when things like that happen, it looks so bad and grim, and most people don't come back from that. No, I know a lot of people who went through the same situation, 
And I know one person in particular whose child is seven years old, and she's never had her child ever. So, yeah, a lot of people don't. But for me, you know, I don't know. It's from the second she was born, you know, I just wanted to give her a life that, you know, she deserved and that was more important to me. I guess that's what draws the line between some addicts and other addicts is drugs more important or is life more important, you know. And some people feel that, you know, drugs are, unfortunately. Well, uh, this is this is kind of something you're gonna have to explain to me personally. You know, I'm, I'm some would say maybe I'm a borderline alcoholic at times, <laughs> but I've never done any of the of these hard, serious things. Like, like, what are some of the uh, uh, things that you actually did that you got off of? Okay. Um... Pills, um, you know, like Percocets, uh, Xanax, I, marijuana, um, cocaine. There was a time there with cocaine, and then my main drug of choice was heroin. So, and I was an IV user and all that. It was as bad as it gets, you know. Yeah, no, I understand that. Heroin is most certainly the hardest thing to get off of for anyone. It's like I know one one I know one guy that that died from it, and uh, I know a girl that was <laughs> confirmed this. It's like most people don't come back from that. <laughs> no, I mean the whole lifestyle. I can get in and like you know just tell you how the lifestyle is of somebody that you know lives like that and, and you know they wake up in the morning the first thing they think is how are they going to get money so they're not going to be sick the whole rest of the day because opiates are a physical addiction and without it you're sweating you're shaking your back hurts your whole body is just sore from head to toe and your body can't get the right temperature you're either too hot and sweaty or you're sweating and you're freezing at the same time. So, But into the lifestyle, I mean, people go from, you know, stealing, you know, they rob stores, they rob family members, they, you know, a lot of girls prostitute themselves. Now, I never, not once, I've had... My boyfriend, or husband now, you know, been with him the whole time, so I never got into all that, but I did, you know, I have seven felonies, and I think four of them, four or five of them is from theft, and they're felony thefts, and then I got like ten misdemeanor charges, and most of those are misdemeanor thefts, so, I mean, you just, you'll do anything, you don't care if you're you're going to ruin your life, you know, for ever getting a job. Your record looks like crap, and you just don't care. That's basically, it erases your emotions completely. Yeah, when, 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 you're, when you're in that, uh, when you're addicted to something that's strong, like you said, you, your, your first thought of the day, you wake up, and that's all you can think about is how am I gonna, going to get more of this 
Yes, you think about it as soon as you wake up to the time you get it, and then once you get it, you have no emotions because you, it erases your, you literally, heroin addicts have no emotion when they're high. They're not happy, sad, you know, angry. They have no emotion. And then, like you said, like, just doing it, you need to do it just because if you don't do it, then physically you feel sick or something. <laughs> like, that's where it gets, yes. that's the point it takes you to. Yeah, you could, you could do it uh, 1 o'clock in the morning and go to sleep. By the time you wake up, you're already starting to feel the beginning of your withdrawal coming on. An hour goes by, it gets stronger and stronger until you get more. It's like... I don't know. I guess that's what pulled me in was the what got me to be so bad is because I started doing it, and once you get sick, you just keep doing it, keep doing it for to not get sick, and then before you know it, you're a drug addict who loves doing it, I guess. Which is, uh, um, what we talked about earlier, some of the some, something, I don't know, it was a couple hours ago when we mentioned how, yeah, like maybe you, you have done some things and uh, we, we didn't want to uh, incriminate you in anything, but uh, said something about <laughs> Blockbuster and it was kind of amusing to us because all Blockbusters are not up business. <laughs> yes, I mean, I know a lot of people who actually, you know, just go in the door and... Uh, with a big bag and just fit everything they can in the store worth money in their bag. And, you know, they'll set off the alarm walking out the door, having people say, hey, stop, you know, that work there, and just not even care and just keep running to their car and dip off, you know. And that's like everyday thing. I knew people who did that every day. <laughs> Which is, which is crazy, but I mean, to me it was crazy when you said, yeah, people are stealing from blockbusters like this, but it kind of makes sense because any time I ever went into one, it was just like one or two people working behind the counter. So like, I was thinking, like, how could this even happen? But it makes perfect sense. Like, you said, this is the alarm, but people didn't care. They just got the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it is. Um, and, you know, I know people who've been tackled by Target, you know, trying to run out the door. And I actually... Well, I think it would be much harder to do at a big, like, big store like that. That's yeah, the difference between Target and the actual, like, Blockbuster is I notice a lot of people who are big on stealing and robbing from stores is they prefer to... If you go to a place without security... Um, they can't touch you. If they don't have security, they're not licensed to stop you, tackle you until the cops get there, handcuff you. But places with security are allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's another thing, like um, I've been charged and convicted of from – and actually, I was on probation for three and a half years for um, AT&T, the phone stores, uh, for Bluetooth, stealing Bluetooth in and out of there. And I never got caught in the actual store. But 
they noticed like so much of their merchandise was missing that they actually <laughs> called the police and the police looked at the cameras in the store and were like, oh yeah, I know this girl and then set up a warrant for my arrest and I ended up doing like six months in jail for that one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, it's a small world, but, uh, <laughs> but if they, if they never, you know, I don't know. That seems like <laughs> they must have had the cops, or something. Huh? <laughs> yeah, the cops, I mean, I guess where I lived at, the cops know they're drug addicts. So when the cops seen that video, they're, of course, like, oh, yeah, I know this girl, you know, we've arrested her quite a few times. So the cops, I got to say I'm glad I got out of that area and I don't have to deal with them anymore. <laughs> but the main, the main thing is now, you know, three and a half, four years removed from all of that, like you can look back at that and realize it for what it was. You know, I'm sure there's people listening to the show tonight that, no, people are, are that person that's still going through it, still addicted to something, still doing things similar to that. So uh, now being someone that, yeah. that is so far removed, so far in the rear view from from that whole life, like uh, what would you what would you want to say to someone like that? I mean, it just <laughs> I you know guess. What I mean. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess in the beginning, it's very, very hard. I mean, I can look back to my first month's clean and remember how hard it was. Like, every day, you think about getting high, every day. And you like have a, you have to have a conversation with yourself in your own brain, you know, just one more time. No, Sierra, you can get through this. Let's You can get through this, you know. And you literally have to talk yourself out of it. But I also had 10 whole months of rehab. I did 60 days inpatient and 8 months outpatient. So, I mean, I learned all the tools. And, you know, I'm all for rehab and meetings. And, and I know they tell you to do it for the rest of your life, but if you can just do it until you get to a point in your life where you know you're never going to turn around and walk down that path again, it it definitely is a major help because you need to know the tools to stay clean. It's easy to get clean. It's hard to stay clean, and that's what I always tell people. Yeah, because that could be with anything, like quitting smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Big thing for me, I quit for eight months. I didn't, like, I still do it. <laughs> and just like anyone that thinks they have a problem with anything, like, like, like I, like you're saying, like you need to have the tools. You need to seek outside help, regardless. Because uh, getting getting clean is one thing on on your own, but you gotta be able to stay clean. Yes, it definitely is hard for you know anything like cigarettes. Cigarettes are, you know, I still smoke cigarettes, and I want to quit every single day. And Look at me, I can quit doing heroin, but not cigarettes, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, you deserve to still be able to do something. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad at all. Something completely legal. Yeah, I mean, you know? 
Yeah, it, it's not bad. I'm just, I guess I'm saying the reason why I want to quit personally now is because my children. I don't want my children to be 30 years old one day losing their mother to cancer or something like that. If there's anything I can do to prevent something like that having, happening for my kids, I'll do it. Aria, Aria, what do you tell them kind of thing, like, when they, when they hit that age? Because uh, what am I supposed to uh, tell Drew, you know, my son? Like, yeah, don't do that, but he sees me doing it. <laughs> you know, that's that's my my battle with it myself. It's yeah. Like, well, yeah, you got to kind of lead by example kind of thing, you know. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't yeah, expect him or anyone else. <laughs> you're You're exactly right by that, and parents do that all the time. But I guess if you're in that situation and you do smoke and you don't want your child to smoke, my best advice would be, you know, tell him all the bad things that it can do to your body. Tell him, you know, you know that you, you, you'll have to be buying these, spending $150 a month for the rest of your life. If you, if you try this one time, it could be the rest of your life and you can't quit even when you want to. Just try to explain the bad point of views, why he shouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, another thing is just the you know, whole aspect of things where, like, uh, if you do go through something, then uh, you'll have this negative stigma about you for a very long time that you have to try to live down to where, like, oh, that's the person that did this, and they, they see you in that light. Like, by now, I know yes. like, everyone, I, like, everyone I know that knows you is, is, is just proud of you and knows how much you've changed. And uh, you're an inspiration to, like, me and so many others that I know that know you. <laughs> so you're like, you're like someone that actually got their life together while the rest of us are still struggling with this or that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, but it did take a very long time. I guess it uh, it took about a year and a half for people to start coming around and saying, oh, yeah, she really is doing what she says she is this time because drug addicts lie and say, oh, I'm clean, yeah. you know, and they're not clean. So it takes a long time to prove to prove to others that you really have changed. And, you know, people just need to accept that. That's a, You know, I have a lot of friends that are newly clean, and, you know, they come to me like, well, my mom's still, you know, denying me and telling me I'm lying. Well, your mom's going to do that for probably a whole year, you know. You're just going to have to deal with it because of what you put her through for all these years. Yeah, it's like uh, now looking looking back on it, like like you you recognize that you realize that it was the drugs, it was, it was the addiction that led you to doing those things. Like uh, and and people people nowadays living like don't realize that, but there there can be a life after that. <laughs> like that's not what your whole yeah. world should revolve around is a is a certain drug or a certain addiction. Yeah, I totally agree, and I always tell the people, you know, people that I talk to about it that the grass is greener on the other side. I love using that expression with that because it 
I mean, my life is so good now. I mean, I could literally cry just feeling so blessed with everything that I have and, you know, but it took so, like, not only rehab, I mean, I did several programs, you know, I did... I did the whole Catholic classes thing. I did, you know, Directions for Youth. That's a parenting class to learn how to parent your children. I did this Getting Motivated to Change group thing. So I got many certificates, and I filled up my first two years of sobriety getting all those groups done and just keeping myself busy. And that's the main thing with getting clean, being new in your sobriety, is you have to keep yourself busy, preferably with stuff that you can learn from and teach yourself how to live the normal or ordinary, whatever you want to call it, lifestyle that you're supposed to be living. Yeah, like take take your back... Take yourself back to a place before you ever did any of that stuff. Like that's what comes into my mind. It's like uh, if you're a happy, if you're a happy person before any of that, those things, and you know, like friends. It's like uh, who first? Who did? Who did you? Did you ever? Does anyone ever do anything because they just decided to do it on their own? I don't think so. I think it's always someone they know that leads them into that kind of lifestyle. <laughs> like I know I didn't know yeah. weed if someone didn't have weed at my house and doing it. <laughs> so I mean, you, you gotta you gotta realize that and realize like like well, you know, I was fine before this. I can be fine, just as happy after this. Yes, you can, and, you know, I was the straight-A student, the cheerleader, you know. It's crazy, you know, people would have never guessed that I would have been that girl, but the way I look at it is a lot of the drug addicts become drug addicts as young adults slash teenagers, and I don't care how mature of a teenager you are, if you're a senior in high school and you get straight A's and you're valedictorian, you're still not smart enough to make adult mature decisions. And most people get wrapped in it before they're even fully grown in their minds yet. And that's usually where it starts. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thank you for, I'm laughing, again, I keep thinking about the blockbuster thing, I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you more about that later. <laughs> uh, well, I have one more thing to share, you know, this happened the night before I went into rehab, so... This was one of my last day as a drug addict. And I went and got something from my friend, and these guys came in his house and took over his house. He lived on West Broad Street right by uh, Mount Carmel, so it's very ghetto down there. And these guys he met down there took over his house, and was running his house, like, wouldn't let him have no control over his apartment or whatever. And he tried to, like, rob me and then started pushing me around. 
and pushed me into the bathroom where there was some sexual stuff going on in there with some girl and some guy. And I just looked at the girl and I said, I just want out of here, you know. And she opened the door and pushed me out. And I, like, was like, thank you, you know. And I took off to the car. Well, later that night, uh, I ended up calling the guy's phone. And he answered, thinking that... He, I mean, I guess he didn't know that he answered the phone. So I heard all this stuff going on in the apartment. And those guys that were there were beating up my friend's friend, which was a young guy who was just new to the drugs. He was real small and skinny, you know, like a little guy. And he, they ended up beating him while I was on the phone with them, listening to the whole thing, into a coma. And he was in a coma for seven days. It was, like, crazy, yeah. the scariest thing I ever heard in my life. He was screaming, like, I don't know, he was screaming, stop, and you just heard bang, bang, bang. I don't know. It was it was, it was was a wake-up call, and then I went to rehab the next day. Like, yeah, it's just weird because that could have been me. They were trying to rob me earlier, so that could have been me they were beating up, and it, I got out of there. Yeah, that could, that could be anybody. Um I know a guy that uh, was uh, doing some acid, and he was so messed up on acid that he just watched these guys rob and take everything, you know, his TV, his PlayStation, everything right in front of him. He couldn't do anything about it because he was so messed up. But that's just like, he was a weed dealer at the time. But um, a lot of people, you know, feel invincible, and that's the problem. But, you know, sooner or later, you're going to, something horrible like that is going to happen to you, and you'll, you know, get that wake-up call, or you won't get it because it'll be too late kind of thing. So, but it's only that a matter guy, of time. Yeah, that guy didn't even get clean, though. That's the shocking thing. He got beat to almost death and literally was in a coma for seven days and then woke up and straight went and got high again. I was shocked when I heard that, by the way. So, like, mm. sometimes that don't even wake you up. Like, it's, like, crazy how the links that people will go for st- drugs. Yeah, but you, you being someone who's there, you can tell people that it is strictly the drugs that have your mind in that, that frame of mind, and you, you can yeah, get out of that whole thing. Yeah, you're definitely not the same person. Like, you turn into a complete, you do things that, you know, totally go against your morals and what you believe in. You're you're not doing anything you were raised to do. You're just, you know, drug addicts all do the same kinds of things because, obviously, the drugs, because they wouldn't all be doing the same things, you know, Yeah, and uh, sooner or later, I guess you just got to have that wake-up call and be like, yeah, like like you could say now, yeah, I, I did not respect that version of me during that period of time when I was doing those kind of things. <laughs> and now you're in No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. It's, you know, I don't take it back, though. I really, really don't. I am thankful for that. I take it, you know, as a life lesson, you know, like, I don't know. I'm. I feel like that time and what I did to get better from that time 
made me into the person I am today. I felt like I could have always been a good person, but now I'm a, also a strong person, if you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like I can, yeah. I can get through anything now since I went through that. Yeah, and you can. <laughs> um, thank you for uh, doing the show. And, uh, oh, you're I love welcome. You flying down there to Florida at some point to see you. <laughs> yes, you'll definitely have to come visit. Bring your mom if you can, and I love you too. And anytime you want me back on the show, just let me know. <laughs> I, uh, I'll be talking to you after Dallas tomorrow night. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. And uh, uh, everyone out there listening, uh, uh, listen back and listen five times, however many times you got to listen to the show. You know, if you're, if you're out of control, you already know you're out of control. Like I know when I've been drinking too much and I, I know my limit now, and you've got to keep it all in check, basically, for uh, the inevitable negative thing will bring you down, basically. Yeah, do what you can to just, you know, be a good person. Worry about the good things in life. If you concentrate on the good things at life, the good things will pull you out of any of the problems that you have. Just concentrate on the good in your life. Yeah, and if you don't have anything good, you know, like the last thing you had good, you didn't expect that it was coming. You know, anything could be coming on any given day. So to people out there feeling like all oh, in the dark and, and oh, life is, is, is terrible anyway, so I might as well stay this way. Well, no, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. So you can't be so dismissive, like, yeah, I'm just going to waste my life away and keep doing something like this. <laughs> you can never have nothing good in your life if you don't feel like there's any hope for any good with what Jamie was saying. So if you get out of it and you start doing good, more good things are going to come your way. So just get out of the bad and you'll see the good things coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, so that's pretty much uh, well, the point we got to end it on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, next time, maybe we can do this again where maybe people can call in and actually talk to you and stuff. Maybe we set something like that up. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely answer some questions next time. That would be nice. And thank you so much for having me on your show. And I will definitely talk to you later. Oh, yeah. Thank you.